some people, you know, come into ballroom with a skewed version or vision of what ballroom is. You know, they think, oh, we're just hanging out or it's just like going to the club. And it's not any of those things. And it's more than just people dancing, you know. People often misunderstand or confuse the terms that you say right out of your mouth. Like, I'm saying family. I'm saying father. I'm saying structure. I'm saying business. And people ask me what that means. I was like, well, it means exactly what it means everywhere else. Welcome to So Ambitious, a podcast series about what's possible when Black and Latinx founders can build uninterrupted. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, an investor, and a mom. And I'm also the CEO of Black Ambition, a nonprofit initiative founded by the Pharrell Williams, working to close the opportunity and wealth gap for Black and Latinx communities through entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we're hearing from Marcus and Jeffrey LaBeja from the Royal House of LaBeja, a prominent drag family established in 1972 that is widely respected as the first drag family. Marcus LaBeja is the New York City father of the Royal House. I have my hands in the business of the house. I also have my hands in the running of the house, the discipline of the house, and the direction. And Jeffrey LaBeja is the overall overseer of the house. You pretty much handle the media. You do these type of interviews and you push what the house of LaBeja is about. Today, we'll be learning from Marcus and Jeffrey, the business of ballroom. You heard that right, the business. Marcus and Jeffrey have diligently worked to secure strong business partnerships and recognize the importance of trademarking their brand to not only continue to push ballroom to the mainstream, but to ensure that ballroom culture lives on forever. For Marcus and Jeffrey, ballroom goes beyond being name dropped by one of the biggest superstars of all time. I mean, Beyonce, she just made You Can't Break My Soul and she literally shouted out the house of LaBeja. It's about preserving and building upon the everlasting legacy of the Royal House of LaBeja. I won't sit up here and lie to y'all. I don't know all the things about ballroom culture, let alone the business of it. But that's why I'm especially excited to learn from Marcus and Jeffrey in this episode. So let's get to it. Growing up in Rochester, New York, Marcus LaBeja watched his mother and father work religiously day in and day out to provide. He learned that in order to have the American dream, he'd have to work hard for it. You know, growing up as a young black man and then learning intricately the complexities of what it means to be a black man in America with, you know, understanding racism, understanding what it means to be marginalized, understanding what it means to be in a position where you have to work twice as hard to receive, you know, half as much. So entrepreneurship kind of came by way of just, you know, my ordinary strive to survive. In 2006, while striving to survive, Marcus found himself in film school. There, he hoped to gain an objective understanding of the circumstances and people surrounding him. As part of his film program, Marcus was required to watch the film Paris is Burning, a 1990 documentary that chronicles ballroom culture in New York City. You have space to do all that you intend to. 
This movie is about the ball circuit. Competition amongst gay people under one roof. It's like crossing into the looking glass. In that documentary was everything you wanted to know about ballroom. Marcus didn't know much when it came to ballroom prior to watching the documentary, but he came to learn a few things. A large part of ballroom is about creating space. It's about creating space for us to be together, creating space for us to uplift one another, creating space for us to empower one another. Who we are as Black queer people isn't necessarily always celebrated. It's always associated with shame or guilt or remorse. So in ballroom, it was associated with a grand prize in cash. Since its inception in the early 1990s, ballroom served as an underground LGBTQ subculture organized by Black and Latinx people in New York City as a way to come together and celebrate their identities. One of the more popular ways they came together was through balls, pageant-like events organized by different ballroom houses. Balls featured a series of categories allowing for a range of aesthetics and performances to be judged and scored by judges for a chance of cash earnings. Ballroom houses work collectively to win as many categories for their houses. This was something that Marcus learned about through the documentary as well. Before, when there was uh, limitations to resources for young people, of, young gay people of color, they couldn't find housing, so they had to like stay in each other's apartments or stay in rooms or, you know, figure out how to survive and you know shelter wise. Marcus learned that ballroom houses went beyond just providing physical shelter for members. These houses also created what many within the ballroom community refer to as chosen families, made up of house mothers and fathers who guide their house children, not just through winning at balls, but also making it through everyday life. Marcus' interest was piqued by the house fathers he learned about in the documentary. So much so that years later, after graduating film school, he got to work on a documentary of his own. Every time I watch anything about ballroom in the mainstream media, they always highlight the mothers. So what do the fathers do? So I said, you know what, this would be an excellent, excellent, you know, subject for a documentary to find out, you know, what fathers do in ballroom and what that role is and, and how to go about it. There was one house in particular, the House of La Beja, highlighted in Paris is Burning, that Marcus wanted to explore deeper for his project. He decided to meet with the father of the house at the time, Freddie LaBeja. I started following Father Freddie around. And then funny thing happened. As time went on, I started making suggestions because I do know how to build an organization. I am an entrepreneur myself. And like many Black and Latinx entrepreneurs, Marcus hadn't always referred to himself as one. I thought I was just doing what everybody else does, which is try to make money, try to survive, try to, you know, live somewhat of a luxurious life. And, you know, I learned <laughs> that that's entrepreneurship. Marcus knew he had good ideas for how to help the house. And so... And so I started making suggestions to Freddie about, okay, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And little bit by, by little bit by little bit, I got more involved with the house of the, the daily running of the House of LaBeja. Before long, he became so familiar with the daily runnings that when Freddie stepped down as father, members' eyes shifted towards him. There was no father for a time. And then it was put 
on my desk, well, why don't you try being our father? Since I had built a lot of the systems, I knew where the bodies were buried. I knew I had the keys. So I knew where things were. I knew what things were supposed to do. So I kind of just went from acting father straight to father. In order to succeed as father of the house, Marcus knew he also had to build strong relationships with the house members. One of the members, Jeffrey LeBeja, was someone Marcus met previously. I met Jeffrey many, many moons ago, around 2003. We met at, you know, another event function. You know, I seen him across the road. He's with some other people. It's like, okay, where's that guy? The way Marcus recalls it, there might have been a little spark between the two of them. But Jeffrey remembers that moment a little differently. We just met and then we went our separate ways. We didn't even, there was nothing there, no spark. Jeffrey joined the House of LaBeja in 2012, but his involvement in ballroom went even further back. I came into ballroom in 1986. I ended up being on the streets. I was doing sex work, but there was a center, a gay and lesbian center in L.A., and I went to that center and they was like, oh, my God, you have a high school diploma. We can't have you living like this. You got potential. And they helped me get in job corps. When I got in the job corps, I went out to a club and I saw a ballroom and I fell in love. Not long after witnessing the magic of ballroom, Jeffrey started his own house, the House of Rodeo, in 1994. I was one of the people that started that scene on the West Coast. Although Jeffrey was falling in love with the ballroom scene, he wanted to focus more on his career in hospitality, so he moved to New York City. Ballroom took a back seat until... But then a very close friend of mine was thinking about going, getting back in ballroom, and he was going back to the house he joined, which was the house of LaBeja. And he was like, you should come with me because with all you know about ballroom, it would be a good look. So I decided to go. And I told them I was not going to be walking no balls because I already did that, but I wanted to be of service. Jeffrey's acts of service included working to bring the House of LaBeja back to the original vision held by Pepper LaBeja, a revered figure within the house who served as a mother for over three decades. And all she ever wanted was the House of LaBeja to be mainstream. According to Jeffrey, by 2016, the House of LaBeja was experiencing turmoil between its members. He believed that what the House needed was a shift in focus on getting back into the spotlight. So when he was offered the chance to become overall overseer of the House in 2021, he knew that this would be the moment to make that happen. And to be an overall overseer is you pretty much handle the media and you push what the House of LaBeja is about. And you get in doors and you and you get through windows that aren't afforded, not only to the House of LaBeja, but also to POC, people of color, queer. My job is to find opportunity for the house. Finding opportunities? Now, I know all about that. And so Jeffrey put in hours to transform opportunities into lasting relationships that soon became business partnerships. He also made sure that the house was well-equipped for those partnerships. He developed in-house production teams where house members worked in various production positions. So what were some of the partnerships he secured? Right now, I have a partnership with Taco Bell. I have a partnership with Facebook and Louis Vuitton. These are no small fry partnerships. So how did Jeffrey go about securing them? By using the resources around him. 
See, the Taco Bell partnership came from his connections to a marketing agency. And his partnership with Louis Vuitton came from connecting with a house member who had a friend working for the company. So the brand wanted to know, why is it important to incorporate ballroom? And what does ballroom have to do with fashion? So we did, we gave them the LaBeja experience. It started with a proposal and then we, we broke down what it was about. And then we broke down their their obligation in reference to being a little more transparent with representation and the importance of we're people of color. We wear your clothes, but not only that, it's about our dollar. It's about us being consumers and it's about our talent. So knowing how to sell your brand is extremely important. And if you have something of value for others and you do not sell it, you are actually doing a disservice to the very people that you intend on helping. And so connecting the dots when you have a solution to the marketplace of people that have a problem or need or want what you have is extremely important. So Jeffrey's partnership with Facebook was the most obvious partnership of all. Ballroom lives on Facebook. All our ballroom groups are on Facebook. Ballroom Worldwide is on Facebook. NYC and New Jersey Ballroom is on Facebook. Atlanta Unfiltered Ballroom is on Facebook. Um, Ballroom Throwbacks is on Facebook. Outside of maintaining close relationships with companies to secure partnerships, Opportunity also looked like ensuring that the House of LaBeja was a recognized brand. In 2022, the house made it to the HBO Max ballroom competition show, Legendary. This was one of the house's biggest platforms ever. And Jeffrey ensured that the house of LaBeja would remain a brand these companies just couldn't refuse. So it was only fitting after the house of LaBeja was on HBO Legendary's TV show season three. It was only fitting that they wanted to do something with LaBeja. We were the fan favorite on that season. So although the House of LaBeja didn't win the cash prize that season, the media attention brought them a chance of landing prize partnerships instead. Jeffrey recognized how significant the Facebook partnership could be for their house. Number one, as people of color, we don't even get these type of opportunities, especially as a whole. Individually, of course, we're all in a crab barrel to some extent, but as a whole. So it was a no brainer. We didn't have to take that back to anybody. This Facebook partnership created the perfect platform for Jeffrey and the House of LaBeja to showcase their entrepreneurial strength. They wanted to collaborate. And then, you know, we came up with an idea, you know, like if we did something, let's push the entrepreneurship of what a house is. They were like, well, we'll hire all these people. I said, no, we're actually a production team as well. And they were impressed with that. So when we did our our content, We were the makeup artists. We were the ones that built a budget and styled and did everything. We pretty much did everything but take the pictures and film the content. Motivated by his desire to be of service to the house, Jeffrey's partnership efforts secured the house's ability to continue to put on balls, further pushing ballroom into mainstream and ensuring that ballroom culture would withstand the test of time. This motivation helped Jeffrey create partnerships that weren't just random, one-off transactions. And then after that, we hit them with a proposal for our up-and-coming ball. And they're like, yes, we want to be a part of that. Business 101, relationships. You know, can you keep the relationship going? And can you pitch the importance 
of what you're bringing to the table and why it's important. And then with business, why? What do we have to look forward to? And why is this ongoing? Why should we continue? Jeffrey's right. When it comes to having a business, keeping a relationship going is so important. So much so, I feel like it should literally be listed on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The same goes for knowing when a relationship isn't serving you. Jeffrey knew that too. We turn down a lot of stuff because we're not willing to take this intellectual property and have it minimized or like you get us to dance for pennies. We were approached by a a billion dollar company and in their vision board, they had their brand and then they had the house of LaBeja. So what did we do? We went and got our entertainment lawyer. And that's when they kind of like told us, well, oh my God, that's not what's in our budget. And they got you signing a contract that you're so eager because, oh my God, I can't believe it's that you're not even thinking that you need a lawyer. Then you get a lawyer and they're like, wait a minute, this is a partnership. Then they told us, but we still want to do it. And then we told them, no, we're going to go in a different direction. And then another house did it. And when we saw the content, it was depressing. Although Jeffrey didn't judge the ballroom house that ended up taking on that partnership, he wanted to send a clear message for the house of LaBeja. Their stories won't be sold for just anything. He made that message even clearer after getting a trademark for the house. You can't control that your stories will be told, but you damn sure have a shot at it with a trademark. See, that's what we have to understand the long run to get our stories out there. If you sign on to this, it is not microwavable and it's definitely not add water and stir. You have to be in it for the long run. But the integrity is having your ducks in a row sitting through some stuff, being patient and realizing, building a team, learn how to tell your story and keep refreshing it. Having ownership of your name by way of a trademark is such a necessary step in ensuring that your brand is protected. And for Jeffrey, it also secured an extra layer of safety around their house's story. But securing partnerships was just one level of business Jeffrey had to be concerned with. He focused on internal business as well. This comes by the way of collecting membership dues to offset the cost of gearing up for balls, which by no means are cheap. What people fail to realize when it comes to ballroom, ballroom is a multi-million dollar business. And the business expands from the participants that pay. A ball can cost you $40 to get in, $50 if you want to go in and out. Um, Then there's what you're going to wear for your category. That, to make it on fabric alone, you're looking at $50 a yard. To make a good outfit, you're going to need 6 to 12 yards. So, boom, that's money there. Then also the venue to throw a ball, you're looking at anywhere from fifteen to 25000 And don't let it be in Manhattan. That's 30000 you know, and then the bar has to make 60000 or they're taking from the door. So you're looking at a ball. Yeah, you're giving out all this money, but the ball alone is going to cost you anywhere from, I want to say, sixty to close to $100,000. That's the level balls are on now. Sixty dollars to $100,000 for just one ball? That requires some serious capital. 
And partnerships just aren't enough. Like any product a business is selling, they want one that excels that of your competitors. The House of LaBeja wants to ensure that they are a house that wins and winning requires a strategy. As father of the house, Marcus's responsibility include figuring out what that strategy is. And it's a strategy that every founder and entrepreneur should be familiar with. The business strategy of, you know, members winning, that's part of it. It's like, okay, how many weeks or how many months do you need to prepare for this category? What do you think your spend is going to be for this particular category? It's all those things. So the business strategy is basically, you know, looking at when the balls are happening, choosing the right balls that work, you know, in tandem with the house's mission, and then seeing who the members are that are ready to walk this ball and actually have a desire to walk the ball and getting them ready. At the end of the day, it's not just about having the money to win and host balls. The house also provides financial support to their members and community. I've done so much for so many members, providing financial support, providing providing creative support, to providing emotional and spiritual support, and even educational support or housing support. I can't say medical because I'm not a doctor, but I can refer you somewhere. <laughs> and so it's about, you know, providing whatever the need is for that specific individual. We just recently had to help someone get some glasses. You know, they were running around with tape on their glasses. It's like, okay, well, why are you doing that? This kind of support reminds me of mutual aid. When everyday people get together to meet each other's needs, Mutual aid networks understand that the systems we live in are failing to meet people's needs, and so it's on us to mutually support one another in community. Members of the House are provided with a range of support, and in exchange, they're expected to honor and uphold the values that the House of LaBeja set forward. And though the requirements have changed over the years, they're all intended to help maintain the House's legacy. In our House, you're officially a member once you debut, and your debut is up to you. Whether you want to, you know, debut at this function or debut, it's something that you work out with the parents on how you want to debut. Most debuts are done at a ball because that's what we do. We walk balls. So let's say you interview for a position or a member and, you know, as a member of the House of LaBeja, you have six months to choose a ball in which you would like to debut, but then your performance has to meet the standard and approval test of the elders and the leaders in the House of Asia. So first, you have to get past us. Then you can go out and compete. And then once you get past us and you get past the competition and you, and you win, then you are a member of the House of Asia. Honor, respect, and dedication to the craft are some of the core values that Jeffrey and Marcus believe go into building and maintaining a successful house. Their leadership, business partnerships, and brand building have a purpose, service. Everything is done in service to the house to ensure that the house of LaBeja's legacy to provide a safe and affirming space for queer and trans individuals continues to power on. After all, this has always been what the House of LaBeja is all about. You can't know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. It's just like any business. I learned from 
people that are older than me, you know, the era, the Nikki Barnes era and what it was like for gay people, which we barely have archives on. They were willing to die for what they believed in. And that's what made me realize what my mission was with LaBeja. It was about integrity to preserve a legacy. Marcus and Jeffrey LaBeja are not only committed to honoring the legacy of LaBeja, they want to ensure that their house stands the test of time. And that is just so ambitious. Our whole story is about being loyal to LaBeja. You have to stand on human rights. Before walking a ball and lusting to be seen, it comes back down to service, giving back, standing for something, understanding the importance of a story that needs to be told. Have your content right. Don't just become a, a fluff piece. Matter. Because if you don't matter, no one else is going to make you matter either. Because you're always going to have, you know, the cards stacked against you. But if you can somehow find the drive within to knock down those obstacles or not let those obstacles deter you from your goal, that is what it means to have Black ambition. On the next episode of So Ambitious, we'll be hearing from Menle Agre, co-founder and creative director of Chula Herbs. I think it's so interesting that we, as a society and people who don't have penises, know everything that there needs to be known about a penis. And it's like, there's so much research, so much money. And so it's fascinating that we don't have allies for our own bodies when it comes to pain. That's next time on So Ambitious. To learn more about the House of LaBeja, check out the show notes and be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to So Ambitious wherever you listen to podcasts. So Ambitious is a Black Ambition production brought to you by Heineken and co-produced by Moso House and You Had Me at Black. Our executive producers are Martina Abrahams Ilunga and Ivana Tucker. Samaya Adams is our supervising producer. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter. Charlotte Morley is our associate producer. Our music is composed by Terrell Brooke. Sapphire Stubbs is our marketing consultant. Special thanks to Moses Shoyola at Othertone. And Samia Malik, Christine Joseph, and Jermaine Sherman at Black Ambition. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher.